Hey, all you listeners out there. Today we talk about Lamb from 2021. It's an Icelandic movie. You'll want a little mint sauce on the side. John talks about how this movie is a big commentary on randomness, the meaning we impose upon it, and justice. And Brian explores some new scientific advancements that might solve the infertility crisis. Heads up, no ovaries are required. Come and listen to this episode. John? Hello, Brian. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, John. How are you and your uh, your wonderful uh, self today? Taking it easy, you know. They might say I'm on the lamp. Uh, they might. Doesn't that mean that you're running from someone on the lamp? That's right. I did a crime in the last town. Smothered something. I don't know what it was, but it was smothered. No witnesses. Okay, well, how, did, how, did, how are you on the lamp then if there were no witnesses? Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how that works. Plus, it was just a... Meatloaf smothered with uh, sauce, so uh, oh. wasn't uh, that doesn't sound too criminal. No, when you said smother, I didn't immediately think of meatloaf. <clears throat> Maybe meatloaf the singer. Right. Well, this is where things get cryptic. <laughs> 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 I mean, technically speaking, I did eat something which was killed. So, I mean, someone smothered it. Yeah, you in a weird way, you you deprive something of life. Right. It wasn't smothered with love. I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know how that pneumatic device works. I was in Iceland once, and they have incredible meatloaf in Iceland. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Is this a real story? <laughs> yeah, I went to Iceland <laughs> just to try the meatloaf. An Icelandic meatloaf. Yeah. It's a little-known uh, island uh, treat. Lambloaf. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's right. We watched a movie from 2021 called Lamb. Not the lamb, just lamb. Just lamb, not Silence of the Lambs. No, that was a different movie. Mm-hmm. Although this this lamb was pretty silent. That's right. I didn't say anything actually. <laughs> that sort of cooed and and said made cute noises at times. The, this lamb's mother was quite vocal though. Do you want to do a little plot summary, real quick, real quick, real quick? We have a yeah. a partner uh, ship. Uh, their names are Maria and Ingvar. Ingvar! Ingvar, and they have a farm out in the middle of nowhere, Iceland. Very beautiful, very scenic. Mm-hmm. They seem to predominantly raise sheep. And they, uh, in the movie, they're, there's, they're, it's like birthing season, and they're delivering several lambs. And uh, one of the lambs turns out to be a hybrid. Hmm. Um, it's it's predominantly lamb, but I think its right arm is human. Could be, and and, and its lower half, yeah. So it's predominantly human. It just has a, a lamb head and a, and a lamb left arm. Male or female? Uh, unclear. I guess. Mm, I guess okay. female from the name, right. perhaps. Gotcha. So they name it Ava, and the, the two of them just weirdly accept it as uh, their own child. I think that there's a backstory which isn't really fleshed out but they the couple had a daughter earlier who had died and so this uh, hybrid lamb human is the replacement and mm-hmm. i think they give it the same name as their deceased daughter and everything's fine they're both very happy and then uh ingvar the husband his brother peter shows up peter's kind of a um would you call peter down on his luck former musician Right. He's kind of a wanderer. He's a, a bohemian, maybe? Non-traditional success story. Right. But he, he is the only, when, when he shows up, he's like WTF. He doesn't understand why they're just accepting this Ava, or Ada rather, as, as if it was a human daughter. You're right. Not shocked by the fact that there's a half lamb, half human. That, that to me seems pretty shocking. That, that no. part he's fine with. Yeah. It's yeah, the fact that they exactly. consider raising it <laughs> right. with kindness. Right. Not that it exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he, uh, Peter, the brother, uh, doesn't think this is natural and thinks that they should get rid of it or something. And he, he almost uh, shoots Ada. Uh, but eventually he's one over two and seems mm-hmm. to accept the reality of Ada and uh, how much happiness it brings to the family. And then. Eventually, Peter and Maria, the wife, have kind of a... Peter basically tries to seduce her. I guess the, it seemed to me like they had a romantic past. It, entanglement, I think, previous. Yeah, there, there's a scene where they all get really drunk and party and watch some sports. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, after the husband has gone to bed, that that's when the attempted pass it at Maria occurs. And uh, Maria won't have any of it. She locks him up and then puts him on a bus the next day. And um, and then next next day, Ingvar gets shot while fixing a tractor by what what I'm going to call a ram man. Ram man. <laughs> ram man. <laughs> And this is the actual, it's a, it's a half, it's a full sized man. So the adult version of Ada and it's mm-hmm. Ada's biological father. Mm-hmm. So at, at the beginning of the movie, we don't see Ram man, but Ram man had come into the sheep stall and, and, uh, and, uh, presumably had sex with a, a, a female sheep, thus producing Ada. Mm-hmm. And so, oh yeah, I forgot one key scene, Maria get, so Ada's biological mom, the actual sheep gets so forlorn about having its daughter deprived that Mm -hmm. it starts uh hanging out around the house and just bleating uh Mm -hmm. the sound that sheeps make all 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 day and all night and uh, maria gets so fed up with it that she shoots mom in the head and buries it and uh, so ram man's killing of ingvar is kind of a a reenactment of that wonderful summary in fact I learned more about uh, Lamb just uh, by watching this movie. I didn't know that bleeding was a, a term until after this movie. I don't know if that was uh, something within your vocab. It was actually. The the mm. sound that lambs make is bleating. I know you're a big uh, lamb fan. So out of the gate, would you prefer to be top lamb and bottom human or uh, top human, bottom lamb? Um, oh, you mean... Okay. <laughs> Think of it in terms of like socioeconomic status. Um, I you want a human head or a lamb head? So if I had the lamb body, would I be walking around on all fours? I believe you would have to be. Yeah, but I'd have a human head. That's right. And if I if I was bottom, then I'd be like lamb man, where I was fully human except for the head. That's right. Yeah. I guess I'd go uh, human body just for the mobility sake. You want to be uh, upright, is what, you, what you're saying. It's, yeah, that's priority. That, that, that's, <laughs> wait, it's going to be hard to disguise my lamb head, but I feel like cognitively, um, maybe maybe faculties of speech are not uh, there, but um, lamb man seems able to wield a gun and able to plan and and uh, and eat and so on. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if if having Ada's status of being yeah, no, never. There's, there's no one in the movie who has a lamb's body and a human head. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the models presented in the film. <laughs> I'm not sure if a lamb runs faster than a human. I'm going to guess it does. So I'm going to go with lamb body, human head. It might be just, more just shocking. <laughs> it might be more shocking in certain ways, but I think the speed is important. I think that the body would be warmed by my wholeness. And I could talk, you know, I think that's a big, big uh, piece that I think you're underestimating in human well, you're, connection. You're, okay, so you're saying that if you had a human head, you could you could speak like a human. Yeah, I didn't see Ada speak or, or Ram Man. No, it's true. Yeah, it's up to you, though. I, I'm not trying to sway your vote. No, I, I appreciate your commitment to objectivity <laughs> here. But Ada was able to comprehend spoken language, follow instructions and mm-hmm. respond to loving utterances but yeah no she couldn't vocalize much herself yeah yeah it's tough to say i think people would afford you the flexibility of crapping outside more if you had a lamb body as opposed to a human body if you're a human body taking a squat outside i think people will be like what but if i had a lamb body they'll just be like of course of course so so ability to speak and ability to to crap anywhere are the two pluses yeah and and no clothes needed (laughs) I just, I just really need a hat, like a ball cap or something on my head, <laughs> just to give that human element. I, I think you, one potential downside is you'd be more susceptible to being preyed upon by animals, like, like, I don't know, wolves who, who might mistake you wandering through the streets of a city hmm. for for an actual uh, animal prey. Interesting. So you're saying a wolf would be more apt to attack a sheep with a head with a human head. Than a sheep, just a full-on sheep. No, I, I mean a, sh- a sheep with a human head amongst normal humans. You, you, oh, would, be, I you, see. Would, you would stand out as prey. Yeah, well, although there, it's not like there's wolves waiting for you on the street corner. Yeah, well, I mean, depends on how rejected I am. I think that I could be accepted by the the lamb population 
And although then at that point, my ability to talk would be somewhat useless, but uh, I'd be the best lamb in the group, I think. I think that would be the case. Well, I have other hard-hitting questions. <laughs> what? Are there anything hard-hitting in that So I watched this movie, and I kind of want to—I have a whole framework here, but I want to have your initial impressions of the movie. I could see this movie going two ways in my mind. One of, wow, what a great picture. It uh, had this air of mystery and, and curiosity to it. I'm so glad I watched it and I enjoyed it. And and I'm not saying this is my voice. I'm saying this is a potential voice. The other voice is this was a complete waste of time. It was incredibly (laughs) slow and it had uh, really no point to it other than uh, kind of a, a, a kind of thread of drama that was, was placed in as any movie might, but logic was really not there. And so it, it, it hit me in a way that felt flat. So where are you in this camp? Feel free to make another camp, you know, if you want to do that. I would stake out a position somewhere in between. Mm, okay. Um, I did enjoy I didn't find the movie slow. It, I mean, it was it was uh, leisurely paced and uh, sort of slow burning. But I, I wasn't bored. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful movie. Like the, the surroundings and the Icelandic landscapes were stunning. Say landscape. And, <laughs> Land. Oh. and the camera work was really really good just uh sweeping shots and and the the way the animals were filmed mm-hmm. um like the sheep and the horses at the very beginning was just really it, it it made their presence very um tangible very feelable yeah and i thought that was really cool and creative mm-hmm. and the house was very minimalistic and they seemed successful farmers but they weren't like they they had everything they need, but it all was sort of pleasantly old-fashioned and kind of run down, and they had to repair everything. So it was just like you had this image of a lifestyle that very sort of uh, quaint and and charming. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but no, the the I don't feel like the movie had much of a point. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, clearly, it's trying to say something about motherhood. Oh, okay. Write that down. Motherhood. Motherhood. Yeah, and human. Um, the, the humans just steal this sheep from its mother the mother's clearly traumatized um when the mother makes too much noise expressing her trauma the humans shoot her gosh and and then later on there's retribution from the the sheep side of things shooting the human we back we back into summary or interpretation no i'm I'm just trying i'm I'm saying that there's some there's something the movie's (laughs) trying to say about the the uh the the dominance that humans uh assume over the natural world and and imagines this potential backlash but Mm -hmm. um it's hard to like analogize what that backlash really is like outside of this little mythology outside of this little folk tale Mm -hmm. um what what is ram man meant to represent or what is Mm, nature's actual like i didn't i didn't i didn't feel like that point was strongly made strongly made or strongly understood Uh, let let me just kind of put out a little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put a little framework here and we can lock. take it at the three it's a, it's a three-step process here and then we can reflect on each as it comes up so step one or let's just call it a framework framework one the world is an incomprehensible in its randomness trying to make sense of it is impossible this is okay. one thread in the movie okay so you got this family living out in the middle of nowhere they're kind of uh, isolated and odd things happen. There's a ram man walking around somehow uh, a half baby. I mean, a half human, half, half lamb comes popping out. The world is incomprehensible. Trying to make some sense of it is impossible. Why take the time to consider why a, a human lamb might be birthed? And uh, near the end, the killing of the husband, let's just call him a farmer husband. We can call him uh, Ingvar. That seemed... Somewhat purposeful, but also random. The tractor seems to be starting and stopping at random points despite repair. There is no rhyme or reason. Just seems to have uh, no no ability to get started at times, even despite new new items being installed to it. So framework one, the world is incomprehensible in its randomness. Trying to make sense of it is impossible. Unlike this argument. Yeah, so I can go to section two, unless you got feedback on that. Uh, no, I'm with you so far. 
Okay. Section two. Now, thinking of the evolution of animals, let's just call everyone an animal, including humans. Consciousness has its underlining value and belief structure that motivates. Okay, so these are these are somewhat subconscious or pre-conscious thoughts here, but you know, within the 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 recognition of a, a conscience being that it is motivated by underla- underlying value and belief structures. So the mother or the family, the farm couple adopts this lamb uh, to uh, or to replace their dead daughter, which has no context. So died, who knows, maybe random, you know, without really any reason, yet they're still driven to fulfill this vacancy in their life. The lamb that gave birth to this, uh, let's just call this half human, half lamb, something like Lambie, Lambie? Ada, this, uh, the, Ada. Oh, okay, sure, if you want to go full name, Ada. And the mother of Ada continues to pursue the connection to this lamb baby. Uh, so there's a, a value and maybe belief structure, if, if we could dial into sheep level, that's motivating the mother to engage uh, with this lamb baby. And you see how this kind of overlays the foundational, the world is incomprehensible, and trying to make sense of it is impossible. All right, well, then why even exist? What's the point? What am I doing here? All right, well, on top of this is with a conscious being some value system that's motivating because I have to be motivated by something. I can't just, you know, randomly cast out at the back door for no reason or the front door. I got to have a purpose in my life. So this is what has been installed into conscious beings to keep behavior in a direction, in a incomprehensible and impossible to understand world. Thoughts, feelings. So, your point number two is that conscious beings have have internal motivations, right? And the reason to highlight it is because if the world is completely incomprehensible and impossible to understand, you have to have something that motivates. So, this is a structure that uh, directs behavior over you know being installed into a conscious being. Okay, I get it. Okay, the third piece here, and this is where Ram Man comes in, there's a morality tale here. So uh, if you have a value system and a belief structure, then uh, it has to be in check in this sort of uh, randomness world that has that makes no sense. So this is the, the justice that's being uh, provided by the Ram Man. So you have this couple, this farm couple, who is hubristic in certain ways, taking over uh, a half-human, half-sheep from the mother and killing the mother, mind you. So that seems like a pretty hard insult. They're selfish. They're doing this at their own reward, and, and whatever stands in their way is, is removed or killed, and they're entitled. This is something they just grabbed without consent of the lamb mother, and obviously the lamb mother didn't consent to being killed. So this is the conflict within this belief and value structure that has superseded beyond the, the the plane of the human. So the human has invaded the animal, the other, the parallel uh, conscious set of beings, which would be the sheep and the, and the ram man, and has uh, taken upon themselves to be selfish, entitled, and hubristic by, by grabbing this lamb baby, lambie, and make it their own. And... What's the other side of that would be justice, which is Lamb Man who comes through and delivers it. He uh, kills the father, reclaims the Lambie, and uh, sets right this uh, value and belief structure on a different plane, not on the human plane, but on the sheep plane, to, to kind of set balance to what has been skewed in this uh, random, impossible-to-make-sense-of world where Lambies are born without reason and children die without reason so um i don't understand why there would be a, a mechanism for justice in a purely random world doesn't randomness imply that there's no right and wrong and there's no need for justice yes that's true and that's why 
the conscious being has to inject their own value and belief system. And on one end, the, 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 the direction of value pursuing behavior is on one side of the equation. And then the other side of the equation would be this correction of justice for those who have stepped outside of what would be seemingly acceptable behavior. And so these are kind of like running in parallel. So it's randomness world in which everything's incomprehensible. That's the actual world that's going on objectively. And then we are born humans, sheep, conscious beings. And that's not a world that we can occupy and accept because it's impossible to understand. So then we build value systems and belief systems uh, to help us navigate these complexities. And then we're in like a second layer of experience that is then being uh, weighed in different ways. And uh, there's a drama about that where we're pursuing things of value and interest in a combative way and and that we have to we have these principles we have to you know sort of attach ourselves to you know this and this is floating above almost um the the world of incomprehensible impossible to understandness and that world doesn't really care about any of this stuff it's 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 kind of a a river underneath us that's just flowing without uh, interruption and, w and without care. And then above this is this world that we've created more subjectively in which we're having these value driven conflicts that require correction and justice. But in reality, it, no one cares, you know, kind of a thing. So is this framework meant to conclude with a purpose uh, behind this movie? Like what, what was the message, so to speak, of the movie? Or is this just... Um, a way of seeing what happens in the movie. My interpretation of it is it's just a keyhole in to show some level of, of like absurdity where much like the movie does a great job on portraying a valley of beauty and the, the, the river flowing and you, you know, the, the sheep, they make sheep look majestic. They look great. You know, everything about this is very alive in this sort of continuum. One that had a human valley. head though. Right. With the ball cap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it's just like, there is no purpose to the story. It's just like, start A, start B, a little drama, a little show, uh, you know, a little slice of how uh, conscious beings sort of live in certain ways of all this drama. But underneath it is just, you know, impossible to understand uh, incomprehensible randomness. For me, as I see it, there is no real, there is no real uh, takeaway message other than an illustration of an experience and and sort of a showing of of how life is. You know what I'm saying? There there isn't like a a, a warm take home message or mm -hmm. like a sense of this ties together as a neat bow and then I I feel good having seen it. It's not anything like that. It's just a flash of experience, you know, as uh, transparent and um, in your face as these subjects are, and then it's off, on and off. There is no, there is no other take-home message other than the fact that I hope that you saw what I intended this movie to show, and that's it. So the the point of the movie is a pointless display of life's randomness and the and the meaning that we try to. Uh, secondarily put upon it. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a showpiece in a sense. What do you think? I think that uh, you're onto something, John. Oh, really? I, I, I don't know if I believe you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you strike down my theory and say, oh, you're attributing too much value to or too much meaning to a movie that was just silly in its, uh, in its, in its uh, presentation. Um, I guess I, I, um, I'm, I support the idea that humans, uh, compose stories about they were, we, we make meaning out of meaningless natural occurrences like our own births and, uh, offspring and, and so on. And, uh, we, we, we make meaning out of everything, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see how these characters make the leap 
uh, towards meaning um, that 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 this half sheep, uh, half human thing is is uh, an acceptable daughter. Um, that seems uh, to be something that normal humans wouldn't do. So it's not a it's not a viable example of meaning making out of it's mm. not that's not a random event uh that could really happen um out of which p- persons really could make meaning okay that because this is an artistic movie to some degree is the representation of complete randomness so a, a complete random event happens that would be incomprehensible to the average person but instead, this family is overcome with love and care and, and present meaning to it to support this sheep baby. And um, and so that's the meaning that's being attributed to it, this uh, underlying uh, value that's being attached to a complete random event. And the full acceptance that this is completely random. And if I try and understand why a sheep baby exists, it's a fool's errand. I, I can't. I could never understand it because just the incomprehensible uh, nature and randomness of things are, are are not needed to be understood. They only need to be overlaid with value and pursuit. So that I think that's kind of the the reason why it's so easily accepted is because the members of this cast or the story have have are working under the assumption that things can be completely random and don't require a definition. I was struck by an idea that they, there's one scene where Ingvar is actually cooking lamb chops. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> and so they're, they're harvesting, they're, they're killing these sheep all the time for, I, I assume they're, they're farmers making a living off these sheep. So they're already committing the ultimate, violent act in regards to these sheep mm-hmm. and um there's no indication that the sheep are upset about that or able to be able to even recognize that and um yeah i don't know how uh, attached a, a mom a mama sheep is to her baby you know whether it's a situation where the the sort of the whole herd starts caring for the infant or uh maybe maybe sheep undergo real trauma when they're separated from their lambs. I don't know. Um, but, uh, clearly the, the sheep recognizing where the lamb has been taken and, uh, day after day expressing its, um, suffering verbally underneath the window and Mm -hmm. uh, sort of maintaining this determination to change things over the course of, of days (laughs) and days and days. That's right. uh, Right. Motivated. That's very, I think, uh, it's not that it's random. It's just that it's, uh, not, not true behavior of an animal. Oh, you don't think that the lamb would do that? I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know lamb, but that's possible. And I'm, I'm willing to accept that as a, as a, within the real world of lamb behavior, but the lamb is demonstrating its value by leaving the pen in which it has been placed with content being by, by it was content being in that pen before. And then it has a a lamb baby and then it now has value, which it's pursuing by sort of bleeding outside of the door, um, trying to get connect back with what it sees as value within its life. So, you know, it's kind of, I think that the lamb is on the same plain as the human as far as this value pursuing behavior and underneath that is the randomness of the impossible to make sense of world so i think i think it's supposed to be seen and that's where the hybrid baby kind of comes in it's supposed to be seen as what difference does it make and in order to, in order for the human to be attributed to exploitative you know sort of entitled behavior you have to put the lamb on the same plane because if you put it on a lower plane, well, then humans are afforded uh, exploitation. It wouldn't even be called exploitation. It would just be just use, using of tools around. But you have to kind of, I think, elevate the sheep value or consciousness to the same plane as the human for it to be shown as uh, sort of exploitation. Well, John, 
What do you think? I'm utterly convinced. I can never tell when you're when you're goofing or when you're whether you're really accepting this possibility of the uh, the purpose of the movie and the drama is kind of bookended with the justice delivered by Ram Man for the exploitation that the humans were kind of uh, you know uh, I guess doing to the 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 sheep mama and then the Ram Man's gone and so the woman is there then left at the end of the movie looking around what the hell happened here who shot my 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 husband and now she's right back into that randomness of life that is unpredictable and impossible to make sense of uh, and and so she's she's kind of back where she started the movie starts with grieving mother maybe or grieving family who lost a child for unknown reasons that are you know not able to be made sense of and then ends with you know wife grieving uh, her her husband, which wasn't able to communicate that he got killed by a ram man. He was at that point without language. So she's just left with the the absurdity and and uh, unpredictable nature of life. And then that's where the movie ends, much like where it started. So this is the framework that I'm overlaying the movie uh, and giving it credit for something that maybe it doesn't deserve. I don't know. But that's where I kind of intersected it. Yeah, I guess my only point I'm stuck on is why... Ram Man didn't choose to exact justice for the many, many sheep that had been butchered for their flesh. Why did he wait and only institute justice for the adoption of Ada? Hmm. It's a good question. From the sheep's point of view, getting getting plucked out of the herd and, and, and sacrificed for your flesh would be a pretty random um, injury. Right. That's true. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how much Ram man considers himself on a different plane where you maybe, maybe have sheep at level one, Ram man, level two, uh, human level three. And although I collapse them all into one plane on their individual scales, maybe they have a, a, a competing or separate understanding of their hierarchy as it relates to the uh, other planes of existence that are above or below them. So, but I, I haven't talked to Ram man. He didn't say much. Mm. No. I don't know if you could gauge much. Uh, the one thing that I actually found to be odd it, it, to, to interrupt this potential storyline or, or theory is that Ram man shot the dog. And so I didn't know I was kind of trying to pit, kind of fit that in could be some idea that the dog is some sentry or some, um, defending thing that's threatening Ram Man, so he feels justified in killing it just to defend himself, you know, prevent preventing injury to himself by shooting the dog. But the dog was just barking, so I actually find that Ram Man shooting the dog a little bit odd because that doesn't seem to be within his purity of delivering justice. But you know, well, think, maybe he's flawed. I think the dog is culpable in the eyes of ram man because the dog is a a herding dog a shepherd dog and it mm. it, it, is, it facilitates the control of the herds and facilitates the manipulation of the sheep i i saw this movie classified as a folk horror mm. do you do you have a good sense of what that genre is and and uh does this movie qualify I I have not heard of that genre classification, but I think that maybe that movie, The Ritual, which we've referred to a few times, could be within a the same category. Remember that so movie? With- yeah, it's some, something a movie that has to do with nature and rural landscapes and and monsters and mythology. Exactly, and I don't know if there's a a mythology that this maps onto. In that, if I knew that subject area more i might be able to associate it within those categories but i don't know if if there is a parallel or not yeah it's um fertile ground these these landscapes and these folk tales are fertile ground for horror certainly Mm -hmm. and um i didn't find this movie scary in the least right um it was uh so i i don't think it horrified um it stands with that stand, that designation doesn't stand for it, but yeah, it was a folk weirdness, folk uh, folk anomaly. 
The horror lies in the sterility of life underneath what we provide the value. So this idea, like I've mentioned a thousand times in this podcast, but this incomprehensible randomness of life that is really underneath our feet that we tend to ignore and instead have Christmas and kind of install all these things that are flowery in front of us to distract us from the inarguable randomness around us that has really no value. And so I think that's the horror element is the, is, is that we're constructing these subjective realities of value and under the right conditions, they just blow away. If, if you really kind of open your eyes and see what's how, how shallow things are in relation to these birthdays and stuff we do, it's, it's really just a distraction from uh, the horrific reality of our March till death, Brian. Mm, on four legs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm being a little heavy-handed with this movie. <laughs> no, I, I think, John, you're missing something about Lamb. And um, it, it's clearly trying to get us to think about new ways to make babies. Hmm, I see. All right, and, well. And, and as uh, the self-appointed Campsite 6 science reporter, yeah, I'm, I'm going to present to you some recent scientific breakthroughs in new ways of making babies and see what you really? think. Yeah, so I'll make this uh, short and sweet. This all comes from research done by The Economist magazine. Mm-hmm. They they cover uh, infertility. It's a, it's a big deal infertility because in certain states, uh, in certain countries, demographies are uh, demography is heading in a a bad direction. There aren't enough young people to work and and be taxed to support uh, the increasingly large number of elderly people. The financial support is is out of whack in a lot of places, and so and and uh, there's women in these uh, developed countries wait longer and longer to have kids. And so uh, that has a consequence because, of course, women after 35 or so, it's much harder for women to get pregnant. And so if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not having lots of kids early because you want to wait and get established, then you're going to have fewer of them and it's going to be harder for you to have kids at all. So just some data here for you about ovarian follicles. Uh, these are, (laughs) okay. (laughs) These are, these are, uh, I think they're like hairs in the, in the ovary and, and the, and the eggs like chill out on these hairs. They're called ovarian follicles. Uh, Mm -hmm. before, before she's even born, a woman has over a million such follicles. Wow. Uh, but by the time she's in her late forties, she's just got a couple hundred left. Damn. So there's a tremendous drop off in a number of ovarian follicles. Uh, the, the quality of the eggs themselves, which are, uh, hitching a ride on those follicles also decreases with age. Hmm. And so ba- basically the, 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 the point of uh, no return is basically mid thirties. <laughs> Jeez. It's much harder for women to get pregnant after their mid thirties. What about uh, the, uh, I, I know between your legs, you have eggs mm, with many follicles as well. Is that a comparative? I, I didn't come across, um, the, the male side of the problem in this particular mm. research, but I, I do okay. know that the older a man is, the more uh, the, 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 his age can contribute to, for example, developmental problems and, and um, yeah, developmental birth abnormalities and things like that as well. So it's mm-hmm. not just, yeah, it's not just the, uh, it's not just the woman. Got it. Certainly. That was a pubic hair joke around your testicles, right. but yeah, uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah. I was able to pick that up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so what 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 are we meant to do? There's basically uh, two options which have been popular. One is in vitro fertilization, yeah, and and the other one is uh, freezing your eggs. Mm-hmm. And uh, in vitro fertilization is um, it's really the wrong tool for the infertility crisis. It was developed in the 70s originally to help women who had like a, a mechanical reason for their infertility, like blocked fallopian tubes. Right. It it doesn't IVF doesn't do anything to improve egg quality nor mm-hmm. to improve your number of eggs as you age. Yeah. So it's 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 a very uh um onerous process. The woman has to get injected with all sorts of hormones which have side effects on her mood and her you can get um depressive symptoms and stuff. And there's also 
the eggs have to be surgically removed. So it's a very sort of medically violent, um, disturbing process for the woman IVF is. Mm -hmm. Um, so it doesn't really help with the problem. Um, so the other option is to freeze your eggs. This is, this is very popular, but very expensive. Uh, it can run you in the U S anywhere between 30,000 and $40,000. Mm. Um, 90% of eggs that are frozen survive and, and can be rethawed. Not bad. Yeah. It's a good number. And, uh, 70, 70% of women who froze their eggs before they were 38 went on to have a, a baby. 70%. So 70%. Jesus. So a relatively successful egg freezing. But uh, I think the downside is that medically it's also pretty unpleasant. They, they have what, to what go What was the age again? Said 38? But if they froze before age 38, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just kind of – this is also good for my dating life. So go ahead. Right. I know that you're very interested in uh, finding a woman with frozen eggs. Well, I'm thinking if uh, a lady freezes her eggs at 37 and then, you know, has a kid at, uh, what, 77? I think that'll be uh, – I think that's right. the, what you're aiming for, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Um, so as soon as the baby's coming out of the womb, I'm going into the grave. So then it's you – know. <laughs> You don't get to see its, uh, its half-lamb face or body. <laughs> um, but this uh, freezing your eggs is also involves getting injected with hormones, so that's not pleasant. And uh, it's very, very expensive, and you might have to do it more than once. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's expensive and uh, medically um, onerous. Those are sort of the two traditional ones, and I'll I'll, I'll tickle your uh, your uh, fancy with the with the new uh, breakthrough technology. The new breakthroughs include yeah. lambs. It doesn't. There's no okay. mention of lambs at all. the The new exciting um, breakthrough that this uh, this was all done by a doctor in Japan named uh, Doctor Hayashi Katsuhiko. Nice. And uh, back in 2016 uh, was when he did this. Basically, he um, he was able to create egg cells from other cells. And he did this Damn. with mice, and he took he took cells from a mouse's tail, so nothing whatsoever to do with reproduction. And then, through some scientific uh, uh, magic, he was able to to, the, to nudge those cells. This was the term in the in the research to nudge them. He nudged them to be uh, stem cells, and then he nudged them a little more to become uh, egg cells. Damn! So regular cells to stem cells to egg cells through some uh, scientific wizardry. Mm-hmm. And, that's and, pretty amazing actually yeah and you're starting with noth- uh, cells that have nothing to do with uh, reproduction um, and so it, it took him about 10 years to perfect this process but eventually he was able to produce mice um, who, with no ovaries being involved whatsoever Dang. so you're, you're basically seeing where this is going you can you can yeah cut, I do uh, dinosaurs go, oh, that's, what, that's where my mind goes <laughs> It's bringing back the we have, dinosaurs. We have to Take, find yeah. the uh, the mosquitoes trapped in amber. <laughs> um, you find that dino DNA. <laughs> um, but yeah, you um, you know, there's so and then and then this uh, this uh, breakthrough. There's a there's there's a Silicon Valley um, investor who started a company. So they're they're already looking to market this technology. And mm-hmm. and the idea is that you could, they're they're working on it now, but they're they're trying to produce human eggs this way within one year. Nobody's nobody's produced human eggs this way yet, but the, they're hoping to do so within one year. Can't imagine the ethics uh, review, you know, around yeah. that process. Yeah, I remember back in back in the in the late nineties, two thousands, all the all the ethical hand wringing about cloning and and uh, stem cells themselves, and that's all. At least with stem cells, I think it's it's um, pretty much ebbed. I, yeah. I think cloning is still pretty much illegal. Remember um, that movie, The Fly? Uh, is that Dana Cronenberg? That is actually, yeah. And it has uh, there's a there's a point at which a, a human is transposed into another little, I guess, a translation machine and comes out the other end. But there was a fly in the process, and then that that DNA was kind of attached to. Jeff Goldblum, actually, and then he that's, became that's a, a monster. An, another DNA-related movie that Jeff Goldblum is in. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking maybe if there's a weird transposing of amoeba DNA, and then you come out, you know, the human-sized amoeba, 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the bottom half of Bevo or the top half? <laughs> and uh, the size of the mitochondria and that amoeba would have to be, what, good three feet tall. I think I'd want amoeba arms about everything else. Human. <laughs> you'd have to live be... in a pool or something, you know, because uh, yeah. you'd have to be in some fluid. And if you had an amoeba head, you'd just like buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's and then just insert it into your head. It would just be visible <laughs> sitting there floating around getting to just <laughs> cardboard and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if, if this, uh, if this company is successful, um, they actually interviewed the, 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 the owner of this company, but he, he mentioned three, um, scenarios like same sex couples could have their own biological children. That's cool. Yeah, and so that's very exciting. Uh, another one is that women in their forties and fifties could, you know, being being old would no longer be um, because your ovaries are kind of out of the picture. Would no longer mm-hmm. be them. Another potential um, group that would benefit would be cancer patients. Apparently, chemotherapy can do a lot of damage to your egg cells. So mm-hmm. women that have been through that could uh, could have this as an option. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a a, a potentially um, new way we might be hearing about in the next uh, years uh, of people uh, having having babies without ovaries, and and in one sense um, going around the uh, fertility infertility crisis because you're cutting um, woman's the age of of a woman's uh, reproductive bits uh, completely out of the picture. Wow! Yeah, That's, uh... and, and one last one last little footnote just to tease you: um, the mm-hmm. the same doctor. He, he's working on something else now. The same Japanese doctor. He he's uh, he's identified a protein that he believes is responsible for um, basically a woman's biological clock. Wow! And and it's this protein that if if you don't have enough of it, uh, he thinks that this is what leads egg cells to to decay with age and quality. And so he, there's a scenario you could imagine where. A woman gets a dose of this protein. From, so he's kind of he's kind of undermining his own research here. Yeah, he's well, making yeah. A, <laughs> he makes one process which, which could make a ton of money uh, with making new cells, and then he makes another process where you just drink a protein shake, you know, in the afternoon, and you don't have to even worry about it. Yeah, that's uh, potentially two two businesses that he's uh, two industries that he's spawned. But yeah, the idea is that you would you would say you were in your twenties as a woman, you mm-hmm. would start to maybe take this pill with this particular protein and, and that would, so you would age, uh, maybe you're in your forties, but your eggs would still be maybe, maybe aging slower. So you're 40, but your eggs are like 25 because mm-hmm. you've been supplementing with this protein. So just a, a lot happening on the, on the scientific front. And that's your, uh, campsite six, uh, scientific report for the day. <laughs> that sounds very out of reach, but, Amazing, you know, mm. uh, you know, it does sound, let's just say fantastical. And I hope that that research is on track. But I do think that the ethics of that w- is going to be a bit of a barrier. And uh, but maybe I'm underestimating my fellow human, you know. Well, they, yeah, the, the what I read kind of gave the impression that this this field, at least in the States, is surprisingly lightly regulated. Mm. Um. So there's a lot of investor money, a lot of private sector money flowing into even to things like IVF and egg freezing still be, because it's not really heavily regulated. So I wonder if if uh, this also will fall under that rubric or if this uh, no ovaries needed um, breakthrough will sort of spur the government to action. I noticed you had a shirt on the other day that said no ovaries needed. <laughs> I didn't know what the campaign was about. I thought it was, uh, you know, just a protest against yeah. ovaries, but no, it's, it's, a, it's the, the non campaign. And, uh, I'd like you to, to get behind it. <laughs> no, no ovaries needed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see that. It's either so this it's like, or adopting a hybrid, uh, half sheep, uh, <laughs> half human. I mean, take your pick. There's only so many options that, that, uh, older women have. Is it possible for me as a man to kind of, Give some skin cells and then create my own baby yeah, in the closet. You, that yeah, yeah, you could. Well, yeah, I think you would. Yeah, well, you still have to fertilize the thing. So you're yeah, you're mm. going to take take one of your cells, say from say from your. Uh, but if your it goes arm. from tail to egg, 
I could I mm-hmm. could m- maybe create my own egg from um, yeah. a finger, you know, and, and then and then use your own sperm to fertilize your own egg. Yeah, I wonder wonder what would that, that then be cloning, or would would you be a perfect replica of yourself? That's a good point. Yes, I don't know. Maybe there's still some randomness in there, but yeah, that would be uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, they they didn't mention that in the video, but I don't see why uh, an individual couldn't have a baby of themselves. <laughs> you, you, so not only are you are you cutting ovaries out of the picture, but you're you're cutting uh, sexual reproduction completely out of the picture because you're just so your your t-shirt makes more sense. No ovaries needed. <laughs> it's just kind of like Al Bundy's no ma'am shirt, but it's uh, you know you never have to get married. You never <laughs> wasn't that the shirt you wore. <laughs> Uh, I uh, don't remember, but I'm pretty right. <laughs> I thought it said no lamb on it, but I could be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thanks so, for that you know, information. That's, uh, like well, I said, that, that makes like me I feel said, a little optimistic. It's pretty clear that's what this movie um, is about. And uh, and clearly Maria, the, the mom in the movie, had some kind of, uh, you know, maybe this wasn't explicated in the plot but they they had lost a daughter and maybe tried again and you mm-hmm. know she only had this option of adopting uh the the, the daughter of a sheep and uh you know right. in the future she might have better options assuming this but, technology is available in uh rural iceland right <laughs> yeah uh she wouldn't even need her husband so when he got shot doesn't matter he's not needed yeah, exactly yeah she could even uh take a little bit of ram man and make a make a baby out of him Wow. Yeah. Where do you think Ram Man went at the end of the movie? I'm not sure. He was there at the beginning. We never saw him, but he was stalking around and and impregnating the sheep. Mm -hmm. Um, I assume he's got a shack somewhere. Yeah. I I, I just wonder if he's the only Ram Man because he doesn't have a Ram woman or another Ram Man. But I'm just more saying that. He's a single dad having to take care of uh, the kid. I just wish he had more support, you know? Yeah. Well, we can, we can start a campaign in support of Ram men. Yeah. Fundraiser? Go fund me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have a little, a little review here I want to quote. Yeah. This is uh, from Barry Hertz of the Global, the Globe and Mail, which I guess is a magazine. Barry Hertz. Okay. Barry Hertz. That's the name of this person I'm about to quote. Um, he, he, this is one, one sentence. He says, I won't make the obvious joke and say it's bad, mm. but it's sheep thrills are mutton to write home about either. Okay. So there is the verdict. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like it. No. Huh. Wow. Yeah. All right, sir. I wish I had a, a sheep pun to to kind of uh, tie that together, but I don't. Well, after the episode's over, you'll think of one. Yeah, that's right. Lamb, everybody, 2021.